Welcome to the Unbound Healing Podcast. I'm Anne-Marie Garland, nutritional therapist and health coach at Grassfed Salsa, and with me is my co-host Michelle Hoover, certified nutritional therapy practitioner and writer of everything you'll find at Unbound Wellness. Here we share everything about overcoming health challenges from autoimmunity to hormone imbalance and more with holistic living, mindset shifts, practical tips, and a real food paleo approach. Remember our disclaimer, the content within this podcast is intended to provide general information and is not to be substituted for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Now let's get on with the show. How are you doing this week? I'm well. Me and the little birdie are just trying to figure out how to live life in a productive way. I can't imagine. Yeah. Oh, if, if you hear any little noises, it's probably... Like right now, it's probably her. <laughs> She's the third. Yes. There's lots of podcasts that you have know, three people. The funny thing is she's been like with the podcast since day one. Technically. Yeah. Technically, yeah. Yeah. It's just that last week's episode was her first one on the outside. Yeah. And here she is. Yeah. Actually mm-hmm. talking, talking, making noises. <laughs> She's pretending to talk. She's pretending to talk. So do you have any updates? Um, not since we last recorded, so I think I'm good. Yeah, I don't think I have anything either. Same old, same around here. What are you loving this week? This week, I am loving... So one thing that I just recently talked about on Instagram was my um, non-toxic mattress that we have and the bedding that we we have as well. So this is one thing that if you're trying to like clean up your environment, a non-toxic mattress is definitely like a big ticket item just because of all the chemicals that are in conventional mattresses and how much time you spend on your mattress. Mm-hmm. However, it's definitely not, despite like being one of these really impactful things that you can do for your long-term health, it's not one of these, it's not something that I would recommend everybody just like run out and buy. And it's like the first thing that they change because if you can't financially afford to purchase a new mattress and a non-toxic one is not at all cheap, um, you're just going to feel like very resentful. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's something that I suggest everybody start researching and identify if it's something that you feel like would be impactful in your in your life. And if it seems worth it to you, go ahead and start a savings fund specifically for that. So that at some point in your life, several years down the road, you can purchase it and just feel really good about it. So this was, um, James's doctor actually wrote him like a prescription for a clean mattress a while, like years ago. And so we knew we really wanted to get one, but just kept putting it off because it's so expensive and saving. And then when we bought uh, the baby's mattress, we bought a non-toxic mattress and we're like, why are we buying her a non-toxic mattress when she's sleeping with us at least for the first few months of her life? So we decided to go ahead and pull the trigger on ours uh, last July. So we got it uh, July 4th sale. My husband negotiated on top of that and they were discontinuing like the cover pattern of it. And so we ended up just getting like a really sick deal on it. Um, but 
Yeah, sick deal. Uh, <laughs> um, the reason that like the inspiration that reignited me to talk about this was we just got linen sheets for it from a brand called Peacock Alley. It's not an organic. Yeah. yeah. Ideas. Uh, I know them. I'll tell you about it later. Okay. Um, it's not like an organic brand, but they are, <laughs> they are like a really great brand. They are. They are. I know some of the people there, like their headquarters yeah. in Dallas is basically not like I'm like friends with them, but like I know them and they're awesome. Yes. That's so great. I love, I love that testimony. So we just got linen sheets and what I will say about linen is like if you're looking for, so this is a cleaner product that you can purchase this brand. You can find it at Tuesday morning at a discount. So that's a major bonus. And as another major bonus, since you're investing like a little bit more money in a higher quality, cleaner brand, linen is a really great one to go with because it lasts a lot longer than cotton sheets. So the other great thing about linen is that it keeps your, it regulates your body temperature. So you don't get cold at night and you don't get hot at night, you know, in the various uh, seasons. And so that helps you sleep better. It helps your circadian rhythm and it is a different feeling, but linen softens over time. And honestly, like we have always gone for like the softest sheets we could find. So we were really nervous to try linen and I have loved it. We've only had three sleeps on our linen sheets so far, but I've loved it. So that's what I'm loving lately. That combination of a just epic sleep environment. Yeah. I love that. Daniel and I, our mattress was a hand-me-down from Daniel's parents. So we are not living the super clean life. Our sheets are from like Target and West Elm. But I think that, yeah, Peacock Alley at least is a great upgrade that I need to put on my list. But I totally agree with you. I'm running my um, gut health overhaul live program right now. And, you know, I throw just so much information in that, which the live program is already happening. But if you're curious about getting all of the content, it's a gut healing course program. It's at guthealthoverhaul.com. It's still up for sale. Just the live portions closed right now. And, you know, people are starting to go through it. They're like, wait, like all this stuff, do I have to do it all at once? Like, no, it's the point is you do one or two now. And then this is information that you can come back to later. Exactly. I'm glad that you said that because it's so important to still educate people on it. Like, I feel like I don't, it's a hard balance between seeming like you have to do everything all of the time and not educating people. So I think it's important to still educate people as much as we can, but remind them, yes, you can't do this all at once. So, yeah, I mean, we literally even knowing and feeling very passionate about the thought of us wanting to get this new mattress. It took us four years to pull the trigger. And even when we pulled the trigger, I was like, like really cringing over it. I mean, it it was a big, but now I'm so glad we did it, especially knowing how much she's sleeping in there with us. And babies are just so susceptible to like their environment because they're coming from such a clean environment previously. So um, definitely, yeah, it's something to look into. The brand we got is Posh and Lavish and the 
warranty on it is a 20 year warranty. So hopefully we don't have to buy another mattress for 20 years, in which case I feel like it was totally worth the investment. And it was worth it. Yeah. This week we are getting into questions again. We had so many questions in our inbox from our little hiatus. So we had enough to jump in and do another Q&A after last week. And we're dwindling down the questions now. So if you guys have any more, always feel free to email us at unboundhealing at gmail.com. First question is, <laughs> I don't know why, gmail.com. You're like, wait, what is that? Wait. Like pulling over their cars, like dot com. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes I just like speed through information. People are like, wait, what? And other times I do that. But the first question is from Alexia. I'll go ahead and start off reading this one. Alexia, I wanted to ask about diatomaceous earth. I have never heard about it until now, but apparently it helps cleanse the liver and clear out parasites and restore proper function of the gut flora, which sounds really interesting. I read your blog and think you're super knowledgeable on gut health. I don't know who she's talking to. So I wanted us, thank you from both of us. So I wanted to know what you think about diatomaceous earth. Is it a supplement or aid that you would recommend in a gut healing journey? Is it worth a try? And you had some notes on this and I thought that it would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Going so along with all the other stuff you've been sharing recently. I know. It's like very uh, timely. So yeah. this, diatomaceous earth is also a chelating agent, which we had talked about last week with activated charcoal, I believe was the only thing we talked about last week. Um, but it is a chelating agent. So what that means, again, is just that it's going to bind to things like toxins and parasites and viruses and heavy metals. It'll bind to them and then help excrete them from your body, which is really great. So that means it's going to detoxify your body. It's going to also act kind of like anti- antioxidants do. Antioxidants are the, the something like uh, blueberries has lots of antioxidants and it. it's like the color in different foods. And these are going to help to eliminate free radicals in the body. So mm -hmm. we won't get into exactly how that works, but the diatomaceous earth acts similarly on free radicals as an antioxidant would. And that's going to help with your overall health, like your immune function and anti-aging. And then let's see here. Oh yeah. Since it chelates, it will help with parasites, viruses, heavy metals, all of that that you're talking about. I've also read studies that do say that helps for like a liver cleanse, like it's a very effective liver cleanse, and also that it does help uh, promote beneficial um, gut flora. And I'm not sure, like based on what I've learned about it, I'm not sure if it does that by just like balancing out good bacteria and bad bacteria. I'm not really sure exactly how that works because it wouldn't be providing any new good beneficial bacteria. Um, but yeah, studies have shown that it, it is effective in that. So in my opinion, it would be very good thing to add to your gut healing journey. Um, 
You could also use it as an Epsom salt bath. I've heard that it can still like permeate your skin and help with these toxins and parasites through the skin, not just internally. But if you are going to be using it internally, you'll want to make sure that it's a food grade safe uh, container or brand. Um, so there's a non-food, which would be used topically, and then a food grade safe would be used internally. And the way you would do this, I've done this in the past, I believe for candida overgrowth. Um, it was probably four or five years ago that I've done this, but um, you just start with a very small amount in a glass of water. You want to make sure that you drink a lot of water while you're doing this but a very small amount in a glass of water, I'd say like a teaspoon. And over time, you might be able to work your way up to a tablespoon, but just start with a smaller amount. And just do that once a day on an empty stomach. And just like activated charcoal, since it is a chelating agent, you're not gonna wanna take it for too long consecutively. So if you're doing this in a like therapeutic way, let's say for a liver cleanse or to try to eradicate a parasite, maybe go for like a week on and then take a week off and then a week back on again. So you're kind of rotating it through um, and not just, just doing it consistently every day for health or anything like that. What would you like to add? Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I would say if you're going to start with something like this, or if you're going to do more research on it, something that we already alluded to in the introduction, just go slow with everything. You don't have to do it all at once, especially if you are taking diatomaceous earth along with your supplements and things like that. Like Anne said, it doesn't really work like that. It's going to bind to things, not necessarily the best thing to do. So just go really slowly. Make sure that you're not mixing it with a ton of other things. And one teaspoon in a whole glass of water once a day, even cutting that back and doing a quarter teaspoon and then up to a half and then to a full teaspoon. So go slowly with all of this stuff. Um, take it on an empty stomach so it's not binding to any nutrients away from supplements. So something like first thing in the morning or right at night is all good um, things to do. Also, just a little side note, something that I almost used diatomaceous earth for, which is just kind of interesting, is water purification. So when I was going to Indonesia, I was afraid that I was going to get sick from the water because there are a lot of parasitic infections that come out of going from there um, is just dropping a little bit of diatomaceous earth in your water. So if you're traveling, afraid about the water quality, it's a really cheap solution. And you'd have to look up exactly how to do that because I don't remember, but yeah, that. Yeah. I've heard of that as well about the water purification um, because it can help prevent like uh, or kill the I don't know if you just heard that, but she just tooted. Did she? I just um, heard her like cooing. Okay, thank God. Um, she. It, it'll help kill the any viruses or bacteria that would be in your water, which is why that would be beneficial. It's actually really interesting. It's kind of a good household product. It can, if you have animals, it can be used to kill fleas. Um, I. 
have heard that it's not best to put it directly on like your pet's skin, but putting it like around the perimeter of your house or in their bed, in your carpet, um, because of the way it's, it's shaped like microscopically, it'll cut the insects like outer coating and dry, dry out all their moisture. So they die. It's so crazy. I think it does the same thing in your body to any like viruses or bacteria or in your water. Interesting. Yeah. Do you want me to? And read it's next? inexpensive, so oh, that's yeah, a super great cool. detoxifying yeah, was, agent for sure. When I was looking at water filters for Indonesia, I'm pretty sure I wound up buying one, and it was really expensive. So yeah, it's a cheap thing to get. Yep. So two thumbs up from us. Four thumbs up. All right. <laughs> next question. Alicia said, "I had a few questions that you may have had." already discussed on your podcast. I'm still catching up. One, I know juicing is the opposite of what I should be doing on AIP, but it seems to be the only food I can keep down. It's all vegetables plus an apple thrown in. I can only do so much meat tea, aka bone broth. The taste of meat is turning my stomach. Is there more I should be doing? I'm going through the diagnostic stage for a ton of digestive issues and the process is slow. Do you know of any bloggers who are paleo AIP and suffer from IBD, et cetera, et cetera, because we still don't know why my body is functioning like this. I'm fighting a gnarly H. pylori infection. The first treatment did not work and just made my bacteria angry because holy moly, my symptoms have skyrocketed. So I'm so sorry that you're going through all this stuff. I know it is not easy. So it sounds like you are already working with somebody one-on-one, which is really important. If you're not working with a functional medicine doctor already, I think that's your number one priority here. And just something to ease your mind a little bit. So you're asking, is it bad that I'm juicing? So from what it sounds like from what you're saying, you're only able to tolerate juice. That's the only thing that you're eating right now. I don't know if I'm right with that, but um, we don't have a ton of information, but that's what it sounded like. So I would not actually say that, okay, well, juice is bad for me. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. I can't have this, but I'm having juice and that's bad for me. I would not put that into your mind. Of course, we want to get you to a state to where you can tolerate other foods again. You don't want to be at a point where you're juicing permanently for your entire life, 100%. But I also wouldn't feel guilt about not being able to tolerate other things and then just doing the one thing that works for you right now. Don't feel guilt about that. When I was going through the NTA, one of my instructors told me, and she was really great, super smart, super amazing, um, that if she was going through something to where her body was telling her for a couple days, like, hey, I just want you to eat fruit, she would just eat fruit and not feel guilt about it. Does that necessarily mean that that's a great thing? Probably she should be eating some things other than fruit, yes, but not feeling guilt about that sort of thing. So that's just the first mindset thing that I would start to think about there. But as far as what you need to be doing, 
sounds like there's a lot of digestive issues going on here if you're not able to tolerate food. So working one-on-one with a doctor, making sure that they can get you the proper nutrition that you need to be able to tolerate more foods than what you are tolerating right now. I would not just live in this state for weeks and months where you're not able to tolerate any other foods. So working with somebody one-on-one is just so important here. Obviously, we're here on the podcast to be able to offer advice and our thoughts, but when it gets to this point and you're really just not able to tolerate foods, yeah, that's an enormous red flag that, I mean, it sounds like you're already working with somebody, but if you haven't talked to them about digestion yet, a lot of doctors can just glaze over that, doing that for sure. And then going back, we did an episode also just on gut healing. We talked about digestion in there as well. And hopefully um, that can be a helpful resource too. But as far as IBS bloggers, one that comes to mind for me is jamie at gutsybynature.com. She has IBS and that could be a good resource for you. Okay. So I, as always, concur with what you're saying. Um, With the fat and collagen, you were talking about adding to the juice. So fat is going to help with nutrient absorption. And there are a lot of fat soluble vitamins that you're getting exposed to that if you aren't consuming fat, Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to absorb them. So make sure you're adding some form of fat to those juices or to your diet before or after the juice. And then collagen, seeing if you can tolerate something like that, that would be really great for gut healing purposes. And then other than that, some of the other things I was thinking for gut healing and for IBD, you could do aloe vera juice, add that to your juice, um, your daily juice. And then NAG is usually what's listed on the bottle in acetyl glucosamine. And that's really great. It's anti-inflammatory and it's really great for IBD as well. So if you wanted to research that and see if that seems to make sense for what you're dealing with, um, might be a good place to look. And then seeing if you can boost your stomach acid based on the taste of meat not not really like setting well with you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think that can be a sign of low stomach acid. So oh, it 100% is for sure. Yeah. yeah. If you're not working with a doctor for that, it's really important. It's insane to me how many people know about digestive enzymes and probiotics and that stuff, but they know nothing. Like we're just not educated on stomach acid. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to our gut healing episode, we talk about all of that where we talk about it's like seven, eight steps or something like that to heal the gut. And we talk about all of that stuff, digestion, everything. So right. yeah, for sure. Well, and then one thing that I wanted to just maybe try to give you a little bit of hope is you mentioned that you still don't know why your body is functioning the way it is, but you are fighting H. pylori. So that may be everything. I mean, Mm -hmm. H. pylori is wicked. So if there's a way that you can get rid of that, who knows, maybe your symptoms and your body will start functioning optimally again. The one person I was thinking of that had H. pylori really, really terribly, and she was able to get rid of it, which is quite a feat, 
is Meg, the RHN, and her podcast is... So it's the Nourish podcast, but this past week was their last episode. Oh, I didn't know And she's coming out with a new podcast. So you can just follow her on Instagram. She's really great for something like that. And she has one-on-one with people too. Definitely. I think she might be a great person for you to reach out to if you have the financial means to work with someone just because she has been there and she has successfully eradicated H. pylori. Yeah. And I'm sure that she has resources out there talking about this as well. Agreed. Yeah. Good call. You want to go to the next question? Yeah. So from Melissa, hi girls. I just wanted to start off by saying how much I love your podcast. It's my favorite. Thank you. Okay. I am writing to you because I'm stuck with my healing journey. I have stage four adrenal fatigue, autoimmune, liver issues, SIBO. I let my adrenal fatigue get so bad that now it has affected my sleep for about eight months. I wake up every morning feeling so unrested, like I didn't sleep at all. My diet is tricky as I can only eat certain things because my liver is so toxic. I have a hard time eating foods with a low um, with a low fat, and that makes it hard for me to eat while trying to balance blood sugar. So that may have just been a typo, but sounds like you're eating low fat. Um, I only eat about three and a half ounces of protein a day, either chicken, grass-fed beef, or fish. Um, any more than this, I get so constipated, or if I have too much healthy fats, I'll wake up sweating during the night before 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., which is your liver in Chinese medicine. I feel like I'm trying so hard and not getting anywhere or getting to the bottom of my health issues. I want to add in that I had breast implants for five years and just got them removed October, 2017. I believe this caused a lot of my issues. I tried going vegan eating lots of grains and beans that made my SIBO so much worse and my sleep. My diet looks something like this daily. Lemon, water, and celery juice in the morning to repair the gut and build hydrochloric acid. Breakfast, smoothie bowl, spinach, coconut water, one-fourth of an avocado, one frozen banana, one cup strawberries, maca, collagen, coconut flakes. Um, lunch, three and a half ounces of protein, steamed veggies, possibly a salad, snack, lots of fruit, cucumber, celery, nuts, green juice, etc. Dinner, sweet potato with a fourth avocado, steamed veggies and salads. And before bed, I usually need more fruit or I cannot fall asleep. I take supplements such as B12, probiotics, liver support, HCL, digestive enzymes, magnesium, adrenal support, melatonin, um, and CBD oil to help me sleep. I do not work right now as it is too much for me. I can no longer drive because of my exhaustion. Things I do to help my symptoms are positive affirmations, relaxing yoga, meditation, Reiki, colonics, IV therapy, massages, etc. Please let me know if you have any tips or information that I can do to improve my health issues. Thanks, Melissa. X O. <laughs> that's cute and i'm just like reading it weird i like it um so melissa thank you for sending us so much detail we appreciate it a ton it's really helpful <clears throat> usually when i work with people 
one-on-one. This is all the kind of information I always want to see food journals from people. And it's really helpful. So first and foremost, which we didn't, um, I don't think that we talked about, yeah, you have some diagnoses here for sure. And you talked about the things that you're doing functionally, I mean, holistically, so things like the supplements, positive affirmations, all these things, and that's all awesome and great. But my question is, how are we going to figure out what is going on with your liver, with your adrenals? Like, where is this toxic burden? Where is all of this stuff coming from? And what we can do to heal it. So if you're waking up kind of sweating in the middle of the night, I'm thinking both, yeah, liver and gallbladder. If you're too constipated from protein, yeah, the gut for sure. So there's a lot of stuff going on and you know that, but that doesn't mean that you can't figure out what is going on. I don't know if you're working with somebody one-on-one, but definitely sitting down and getting some comprehensive testing done. Yes, it's a, yes, it is expensive, but yes, it is 100% worth it, especially if you're in this point where you're going through all these things and you really just want some relief. So going to a doctor and getting a stool test would be huge. Getting your liver enzymes tested, getting your gallbladder, so that's your bilirubin. Um, all of those things would be really helpful. Doing um, a toxicity kind of scan. So you can do these tests where, I don't know if they can do chemicals from the hair, but from your hair, they can do metals. I think from your urine, they can do chemical toxicity and metals. And those tests really aren't that expensive. None of these tests I'm talking about are like over a thousand dollars. They're all within a hundred dollars, a couple hundred dollars here and there. So You don't have to do it all at once, doing one at a time, spreading them out, saving up. But I think a chemical metal type test would be really helpful. So getting out to the bottom of, okay, why is this stuff going on? Um, There are safe liver cleanses and all of these things. There are ways to be able to tolerate more fat. There are ways to heal your gut. But So often we get into this kind of just permanent maintenance mode where we always, okay, like here's the 10 supplements I take. Here's the things I do. Here's the things I eat. And that's it. Like, why am I not healing? And I lived in that phase for a really long time where we go through, this is my maintenance mode that keeps me somewhat in homeostasis. Like it keeps me to where I can be somewhat okay, but I'm not getting better and I'm maybe even getting worse, but we don't necessarily go into these more intensive healing phases or going through protocols that sometimes do make things worse before they get better. But it's really important. I just talked about this on a call last night, how when I had my own mercury toxicity, which was impacting a lot of stuff, um, hormones, gut, all of that stuff where, yeah, I was living in a like a maintenance mode for a while and I had to go through an intensive healing phase to be able to detox that mercury and get that out. And I have that story on my blog. If you just go to unboundwellness.com and search 
Mercury, you'll find it. Um, and I talk about, you know, how it took pretty much a year to go through this phase of getting a test done, slowly doing the detox. So figuring out, okay, where, what is going on here? Like, how do I start to actually address these things rather than just living in? And I mean, you are doing a lot to address it, but there may be something more targeted that you could be doing. I don't know if We've tried that or not, but that's definitely something I would try. Also, you said that you have autoimmune issues going on. So the maca and the melatonin, I'm 99% sure that maca is. Melatonin is, yeah, I'm pretty sure that these both are um, immune stimulants, which can be counterproductive for autoimmunity. Are you Googling it right now? (laughs) Because I took melatonin one time trying to sleep and I felt terrible. And then I looked it up and hands giving me the thumbs up. And then I looked it up and I thought, oh, maybe that's why I I took it for a week and I started to not feel so great. I started getting heart palpitations and things like, oh, maybe this is flaring my autoimmunity. So looking into things like that, for sure, um, if you're working with a doctor, talking to them, like, hey, are there any other alternatives that I could be doing for this? I think what you said with the CBD oil to help you sleep at night, that seems like a great option. I don't know a ton about that. I'm not advocating. I feel like these conversations can always get heated, but I know a lot of people that are pro that for good health. So if I were choosing between that and an immune stimulant, I think you're doing the right thing there. But I think you're doing a lot of amazing things. All of the supplements that you're on all sound supportive of your current situation. I love that you are doing the celery juice. And yes, you know that you need more protein and fat. But something that I would say along with the overarching, okay, like you just really need to figure out what's going on with a doctor, get some tests and really go on protocols to address those specific things is the smoothies. So smoothies are very popular and they're very pretty to take pictures of. And I like smoothies. Smoothies can be great in moderation. However, when people are, I work with a lot of people with gut issues and when people have gut issues, that raw food So having that raw kale in a smoothie or a raw kale in a salad, and especially the cold of a smoothie, is not necessarily the best thing that you want to be having in the morning and having that as a meal replacement. Smoothies really are very rarely meal replacements. They're just something that's kind of Honestly, every time I have a smoothie I, for, as a meal replacement, I feel like it just jacks up my blood sugar for the rest of the day. And it makes me cold, which is an other issue, that it cools down the temperature in your gut. So it affects your digestive fire and it creates this cool, damp place um, as an environment for your gut. So if you're dealing with some sort of candida, something like that, it is not great for that something that is a better alternative. So I know that you are working through being able to tolerate more fat and protein. Something that could be a better breakfast for you would be something like a soup 
that's still blended. Um, it could still be warm. And I would do something, you know, like a blended butternut squash soup or carrot soup, something along those lines with either vegetable broth that you make yourself or like a 50-50 blend maybe of vegetable broth and bone broth. That could be really helpful because it's not a ton of bone broth, but I know that you're stuck with the diet right now. I understand that. I've been in that place. When I first started a blog before Unbound Wellness, I had a blog where it was before I really figured out what was going on with all of my health stuff. And I was just kind of on there saying, hey, I have health problems and I have no idea. I can't eat anything. Um, here I am just eating a sweet potato for dinner. And people would comment like, you out, you're not eating. You need to bulk up your meals. Like you need to eat more. I'm like I'm not doing this for any other reason other than I can't tolerate this food. So I, I couldn't eat or I would just be so sick. So I understand the situation that you're in. I get it. It's hard. But where I went at that point was to a doctor is saying, okay, this is not going to go anywhere unless I really start to go on an intense healing protocol. And that was when I first, when I was 20, 20. Wow. Um, when I first went on a modified autoimmune protocol diet, that was, you know, almost seven years ago now at this point is when I first did that. So, and it was extreme at the time and it was hard and I did a liver cleanse and all of that, but that's what all of that work back then is what got me to where I am today, where I can eat what I want. And I don't have, you know, just having, like, I would just have sweet potato fries for dinner and that would be it and just smoothies all day. So I understand where you're coming from. Hopefully switching over to more cooked foods, more warm foods, like rather than having raw nuts and raw vegetables for snacks, having cooked ones, if you can tolerate things like gummies or coconut chips that are toasted. Um, vegetables that are cooked, something like that. So those are just all kind of general, better gut health type recommendations. But yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, it was great. And I just realized that we have a blowout situation. So I'm going to make this super quick. Um, Do you want me to edit that out? No. <laughs> I was, I was joking. I was like, I'm going to keep it in anyway. Um, no, I, I like it. I would say that a lot of what you've talked about sounds like adrenal fatigue could be at the root of everything or at least preventing your healing based on like you talking about the things that you do that actually help your symptoms all would be related to helping your adrenals. So mm. I would focus heavily on those adrenal healing activities that you've listed, um, making sure your adrenal support is good. You could look into something like Tulsi tea. Now I'm getting a little worried because I had no idea that maca was a immune stimulant. Um, Tulsi tea may have something in it that's also an immune stimulant. So may. do a quick Google search on that um, to see how that might support you. Rhodiola is one off the top of my head that is safe for people with autoimmune disease uh -huh. that is supportive of, that's an adaptogen. 
Yeah, that would be great. And then one thing that I didn't see that you were doing probably because you don't, you said you don't tolerate protein very well is maybe switching your protein to breakfast. Typically an adrenal supportive protocol is going to have you eat as much protein as you can, something close to like 30 grams of protein, if you can tolerate it and trying to eat that within 30 minutes of waking is going to be really supportive. And then I would continue doing the fruit before bed again, just to support your adrenals, your blood sugar, all of that. That's it. Awesome. Let's go on to Michelle's meal of the week. But before we get into your meal of the week, I wanted to give a quick update on my cheeseburger nachos, the AIP cheeseburger nachos that I made last week. Well, that I talked about last week, but I actually made this week because we're recording two this week. Um, They are amazing. So I am going to make them again this weekend and photograph them while I have James around to help watch the little birdie and we'll post them for you guys to have next week. So by the time you're listening to this, you can grab the recipe on my website. What's your meal of the week, Michelle? This is one that is about to be up on my blog. So stay tuned. Oh my gosh, an update that I totally didn't share, but I can weave it in with this. I have a free ebook, 10 Steps to Heal Your Body, that is on my website. And it talks about a lot of the stuff that we talk about all the time. It's just all in one place and it has lots of recipes and resources and all of that stuff linked in there. I did some major updates to it to make it a lot just of a better design, uh, more resources in there, more practical. There's a coupon code in it. There's lots of good stuff. So if you sign up for my email list, you will find out when this recipe comes out and you will get the free ebook. And I don't spam people with emails. It's not a ton. You just get, you know, notifications of my recipes and content and all that stuff. So the recipe that I've been loving is this chicken salad that is AIP friendly and it's an avocado chicken salad. And so there's just chicken breast in there. And then I also have in celery, apples and grapes. And I do something a little bit special with the avocado to make it more like mayo rather than just mashed avocado in there. So it's really creamy. It's really good. Took pictures of it for the blog now, and we'll just see where it lands on my content calendar. It was kind of a write-in just because the mood the mood struck, and I was like, I really want a chicken salad recipe on my blog. So it's really yummy. Yes. I have a one of my like first recipes that I made was a green and lean I don't know what it was clean and green chicken salad it, yes they're awesome yeah and they're quick because you can always use yeah. them I don't know how you made yours I made mine with marinated chicken but you can always use shredded chicken like canned chicken yeah just super quick to make it's yeah really- wild planet has great canned chicken and Daniel mm-hmm. my husband he uses that a lot that I get that for him and when I for well when he forgets to tell me that he needs to me to make him more food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and it's not super fun to eat by itself. So if you feel like you don't like canned chicken, still give it a try in like a chicken salad recipe because adding in like the fats and everything, it just makes it really good. It does. It's great. All right. Well, that's it for this week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Unbound Healing Podcast. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes and leave us a review. Until next time, you can find more from me, Anne, at grassfedsalsa.com and more from Michelle at unboundwellness.com. We'll see you next week. Bye.